1: QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden, and this is The Leader. Winter is coming. And as the nights draw in, there's a warning from our recent past. Could we see Covid cases overwhelm hospital beds? And should we ride it out or batten down the hatches once more? The hot vac summer is now a digitised memory in your Insta grid. Yes, there were some warm months to go about our business largely unimpeded, But now London's offices and commuter coffee shops are filling up and rush hour on the Tube often feels much as it ever did. So have we become complacent to risk or are we just weary? The government says they can manage another winter crisis. But here's England's chief medical officer, Chris Whitty, speaking last week at the Royal College of GP's annual conference in Liverpool.
1: The winter as a whole, I regret to say, is going to be exceptionally difficult for the NHS. And uh, general practice is going to be absolutely at the forefront of this, unfortunately. We're only two to three doubling times away from a really quite serious pressure on the NHS. I mean, it's already serious, but one that actually would be very difficult to deal with.
2: So as lockdown and Plan B trends on Twitter, what's the risk? And is the media scaremongering about a new stay-at-home order? And should we really crack on with booking that work Christmas do? As Business Secretary Kwasi Kwarteng says he's ruling out another lockdown... Here he is speaking on BBC Breakfast.
1: We don't feel that it's the time for plan B right now. I think what we're trying to do is get uh, people who haven't been vaccinated to get those vaccinations. We've had our lockdowns. Uh, We've managed to reopen the economy uh, successfully. We've managed to get people back to normal life. And those uh, gains were very hard won. And I don't want to reverse back uh, to a situation where we have lockdowns. I don't think it's necessary.
2: At the same time, the Evening Standard's education editor, Anna Davis, reports on Wednesday that London head teachers describe being left shaken by legal threats from the anti-vaccine lobby over giving COVID jabs to over-12s in schools, which comes amid concern at London's low teen take-up rate. We're joined by Adam Finn, a professor of paediatrics at the University of Bristol and a member of the government's vaccine advisory body, the JCVI. Adam, what's your latest modelling showing you about the months ahead?
0: Well, I think uh, the modelers are looking at the figures and seeing that there's an approximately doubling of the hospital cases every five weeks at the moment. So that's much, much slower rise than we saw last year when there were uh, large numbers of new cases and reflects the fact that the vaccine programme is reducing the number of seriously ill people very substantially. But the other side of the coin is that we're actually seeing more infections than at any previous time in the pandemic. So if there was a red mist around Bristol that you could see, it would be redder uh, in terms of the quantities of virus than at any previous time. So uh, so people need to recognise that that we're not out of the the woods yet, and uh, we are actually heading towards a crisis, because uh, normal winter pressures will exist this year without uh, restrictions. We're going to see influenza, we're going to see other viruses and other pressures. And COVID is going to be added onto the top of that.
2: And with so many people vaccinated, is there less to worry about this year? I'm afraid not.
0: So the vaccines are indeed brilliant, but they're not perfect. And even people who've been immunised are not fully protected. There will be some people who will get sick, particularly elderly people. The booster programme may do something to address that. But there are really very substantial numbers of adults, younger adults, middle-aged adults, Who have not come forward and not been immunised. And that's the real problem. Uh, The vaccine programme by itself is not going to be able to keep things sufficiently under control through the winter period, uh, in my opinion, uh, that we can just ignore all the other measures that we ought to take to keep things under control.
2: With the colder months approaching, do you feel the government's getting its messaging right and how should we be preparing ourselves?
0: Well, uh, as an absolute minimum, even if the government is reluctant to compel people uh, with different measures as they have had to do previously, uh, I'd really like there to be a very clear public health message going out that people ought to to be uh, using masks when they're inside in crowded places. They ought to be uh, trying to uh, undertake some degree of social distancing. And the one thing I've been hearing very little about is that people should be using lateral flow tests uh, to monitor whether they've got the infection, particularly when they're going to go out and be in contact with other people at work or socially or in the shops and so on. Uh, And These are all things that we could be doing at the moment that would keep the number of cases down. If you look at other European countries that are in an equivalent position to us, most of them are still using those kind of measures Uh, and they're experiencing much smaller numbers of cases. So there's much that we can do to keep this under control and keep the situation and the health service healthy enough that we can avoid lockdowns and other restrictions in the coming months and uh, and weeks.
2: I imagine the cynics would say there's an element of scaremongering with all this talk about a winter 21-22 Plan B. What do you think? Where are we headed?
0: Well, it's certainly not scaremongering. It's a matter of numbers. And you've only got to look at the numbers to see that the number of cases and in particular, and most concerningly, the number of hospitalizations uh, are going up. So uh, there's there's no scaremongering there. It's just a simple matter of fact. Um, I do agree with you, though, that my observation locally here in Bristol, is that since uh, you know when the restrictions were first lifted back in July, uh, most people carried on wearing masks. You know, if you went into a shop, the staff were all wearing masks. Uh, most of the people going inside would put on a mask before they went in. And that's a very visible uh, uh, index, if you like, of people still taking precautions. Now, if you go around Bristol, there's just no one doing it. Uh, uh, neither the, the the staff in in restaurants or in in shops and none of the people, or maybe just a handful. And you feel a bit of an odd one out when you wear a mask. And and of course, we all like to fit in with the crowd and do what everyone else is doing. So I suspect that mask wearing is just an index that we can see of everything that people are are now doing or not doing, and that that's changed. People are, as you say, uh, thinking it's all over, that they don't need to worry anymore. Uh, and probably the only group of the population who are really paying attention to this are parents of young children, because there are so many cases occurring in schools and that threatens to disrupt what's going on in schools. So I think we all need to wake up and uh, and recognise that there are things that we can all be doing to, to help bring this under control.
2: And what's your view on these legal threats to schools over the vaccination of 12-year-olds and older?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely disgraceful if people try to impose their opinions on other people. Um, uh, And I I really think it's it's as heinous, actually. Uh, We we live in a society where people are given information and make their choice. None of these vaccines are compulsory. None of the vaccines that we use in this country are compulsory. People decide what they want to do for themselves and for their children. Uh, And I really don't think that other people should be trying to uh, aggressively interfere with that. I think it's perfectly reasonable for people to make their own decisions about this, uh, but they shouldn't be bullying others.
2: And finally, is this shaping up to be another tricky time? How can we be good neighbours?
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. I think the good neighbours analogy is a really excellent one. We're all in this together. We have been from the start. We need to respect each other and each other's opinions. And we need to continue to do what we can to reduce the risks that we pose to other people. So we can do that by wearing masks indoors, by using lateral flow tests, which at least for now are freely available, by avoiding prolonged contact with multiple other people indoors. And critically, if we're adults and we've not been immunized with two doses, going and getting immunized, because all of those things combined together will mean that we can carry on with a normal kind of life this winter. And if we don't all buy in and do those things, then we're gonna be in a mess again.
2: There's more on this in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.